Let us pray. Gracious God, we release our hearts to you. First, we remove the pressure, for release requires the freedom to be moved. Then we allow our hearts to return to their original resting position, in sync with you, with the rhythm of summer cicadas and the whole wild creation. Then we pray that you will find our hearts available, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. So like the mockingbird releases her song, we release our hearts to you. Move in them. Stir us awake. Speak to us now. We are waiting. Amen. We have scripture reading this week. Our first one is Matthew 19, 16 through 22. If you have a Bible, you can follow along. Or, or the phone, yeah. <laughs> then someone came to him. It's about the rich young man. Then someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And also, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, I have kept all these. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you wish to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this word, he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Our other scripture reading is in the Hebrew Bible. It's Deuteronomy 15, 1 through 6. Every seventh year you shall grant a remission of debts. And this is the manner of the remission. Every creditor shall remit the claim that is held against a neighbor, not exacting it of a neighbor who is a member of the community, because the Lord's remission has been proclaimed. Of a foreigner, you may exact it, but you must remit your claim on whatever any member of your community owes you. There will, however, be no one in need among you, because the Lord is sure to bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you as a possession to occupy. If only you will obey the Lord your God by diligently observing this entire commandment that I command you today. When the Lord your God has blessed you as he promised you, you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. You will rule over many nations, but they will not rule over you. The word of God for the people of the Lord. Please join with me in prayer. Oh God, may the words of our, of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you and be for a revolution. Amen. Before I begin, I'd like to read to you a 
uh, poem by Sarah Eyre, who's one of our contributors for uh, this, uh, this series. The poem is called, But First. I want to practice being free. I want to unstitch my heart from the edges of my sleeve so that I can give it a life of its own, a real chance to love and be known. I want to practice opening my mind, my doors and window panes, anything with a hinge, everything with a frame until the breeze carries through a new point of reference, truth and you. I want to practice a holy escape, losing track of my minutes that turn into days because the only time that matters now is time with you and this golden hour. I want to practice release, removing the stones that weigh down my wings, stones of fear, shame, and grief, stones that build walls between you and me. I want to do all of these things, be untamed and wild, open and free, the first to give and the last to hold tight, because gratitude and clenched fists never felt right. And I am just starting to see that this life is a river, a holy stream. And if life is a river, then God is the sky, touching everything at once and inviting us to try. Letting go of the raft to float on our own backs so that we and God can be eye to eye a lifetime of baptism and nothing but sky. But first, you have to release. Release. That kind of release, that kind of feeling is what we're going to talk about. And when it comes to releasing our anxiety, stress, and shame, and guilt around money, I'm sure for some of us, just hearing that word money brings that anxiety back. And while last week we were focusing on remembering our stories, today we're going to let go. When we forgive, when we let go, when we release our frustration, our anxiety, our anger towards others, and when we forgive ourselves, which I find far more difficult sometimes, we learn to do the same, but towards ourselves. Sometimes forgiveness is not the release we need. Sometimes there are other things we need to release. Sometimes we need to release our expectations for ourselves or others or release our desires that get in the way of the things that are truly good for us or perhaps release the belief that only we can do it. There are so many other things that you may feel a need to release or a release from. I'd like to offer you a chance to speak those out loud, not for the benefit of others, so if it doesn't come up on the mic, that's okay. But here's your chance to release by 
speaking them. To help you release them. Impatience. I can do it all. Separation. This last week, I posed the question, or earlier in the week, uh, midweek, I posed the question on Facebook, and here are some of the answers, and you might feel them too. Pain. Racism. Capitalism. Student debt. Hero complex. Back pain, loneliness, fear of loss of hope, so many others. It's good to learn to release these things. Even to just speak them out loud diminishes their power on us because we can recognize how they have that hold, and we can start the process to let go. We can start the process of release. Release is a sacred practice, and we can see how it was important in the practice of the ancient Hebrew people and the early Christians. In the story we find in Deuteronomy, the ancient Hebrew people have gone through quite a lot. (laughs) They were slaves in Egypt. Then they learned how to move from the scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset while in the wilderness. And now they have a land. And there is ownership of people as well. However, this is not the way that things are supposed to be. It is sinful to own people. Perhaps in some ways it can be sinful to own land as well. At least Deuteronomy is concerned with trying to bring some equality back into people's lives by commanding that there be a jubilee year, that there be a release of slaves, a release of debts, a release of land. This is a command for redistribution so that no one hoards. There is strong encouragement to not let the sins of possessiveness and hard-heartedness take hold. The idea of the Jubilee year was one of total release. Release of prisoners slash captives slash slaves. All debts were forgiven. Property was returned. Property returned to its original owners. Also, all labor ceased for a year, and labor contracts were also released. 
the land and the people took rest. It, it makes me wonder, uh, what would happen to our earth if we didn't work it, abuse it, use it for a year, every seven years? Would we be able to turn back the clock on global warming and climate change? Perhaps not, but it would be a just and a healing use of the land to let it rest. I think that would be good. Similarly, releasing of debts when so many people have been born into generational poverty or have been given a bad deal due to short-term payday loans with hidden fees or student loans where people often end up paying back their debt for years without actually impacting the actual amount owed would make a huge difference in people's lives. Yet even this would not cure poverty. Poverty is something that we are called to address at all times because regardless of the best situation, possible poverty will still happen. Poverty will still happen. And so we are to consider those who struggle and how best we can help them. The Jubilee year would help address many of the issues of poverty that we see even today. Often when we hear people quote Jesus, who was quoting Deuteronomy, saying, you will have the poor with you always. They think of it as an encouragement to not care about the poor. But rather, rather it's encouragement to think of those who struggle. And if one follows the rules in Deuteronomy, then such struggle, such hardship would be much, much less than it is now. We don't know if the Jubilee year happened. We don't know if it occurred during the time that it was announced until Jesus. We do know that the same wars that were occurring um, in Rome between the creditors and debtors was happening in Judea. And there had been several wars prior to Jesus in Judea as well. So when we find the rich young man coming to Jesus and saying, I've done that, all that has been required of me under the law, Jesus encourages him to follow the Jubilee year. And after that, that is precisely what Jesus is doing. What he says that he's here to proclaim, the year of the Lord's favor. The rich young man goes away grieving because his trust is in his possessions. The rich young man thinks that his worth is in what he owns, and he struggles to redistribute it, to give up so that others can more easily survive. Here the young man is caught between what society says is needed for him to have as much as possible 
and what God says is needed. To care for those who are in most need. How often do we have to release that same thought? The thought that our possessions tell the world who we are. Similarly, we see lives monetized and people enter a different sort of indentured status. One that is beholden to those who own the debts that are over people's heads. We see lives monetized and worth dependent on productivity. Surely, though, our worth, people's worth, is not based on productivity, but on being created in the image of God. We are invited by the text into a practice of release, individually and communally. We can release parts of our money story, so uh, story that keep us enslaved by shame, guilt, anxiety. We can release the burden of control and how we are perceived and how our gifts are used. We don't have to keep up with the Joneses, and we don't have to view ourselves as made worthy by our productivity. We can release these things, this pressure this stress, because whatever we give is already sacred, and there is enough. Now, I'd like to invite you to take a deep breath, a deep, deep breath, and hold it, and then slowly let it go. Feel the release. Let your shoulders relax. Roll your head if it's safe and comfortable for you to do so. Let the muscles in your neck relax and release. Feel that release throughout your body. This week, when you feel anxious, stressed, or worried, I'd like to invite you into that release exercise to take that deep breath, hold it, and then release. Add that into your prayer life, and if you don't have a prayer life, perhaps start one with this practice. Amen.